0: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell.
3: In Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Welsh is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, we're in the midst of a series titled A Complaint-Free World, which is based upon the book of the same title by the unity minister, uh, the Reverend Will Bowen. Uh, I'm suggesting, requesting, encouraging you to get the book A Complaint-Free World by will Bowen, i think it's a really good book to read especially going into uh or being a part of this holiday season so many people uh dread the holiday season because for them you know it's energy and complaining and things of that nature when you get a large group of people together which really just means that you know in many ways Choices haven't been made to produce peace. And this book teaches people how to generate the peace that they desire and gives excellent tools with the wristband, switching from wrist to wrist, from the techniques that are being taught in the book. And again, I'm teaching just the basic principles. He has a lot of stories in the book that I'm skipping over because for, uh, for time, you know, getting into the detail and reading all of the details of a story to explain it. Is not what I'm trying to do with the show. What I'm trying to do is just make sure that you have the principles needed that you can utilize to make your life better. So today we're on phase three. Now, remember that the book is basically broken up into four parts. It's unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence. And unconscious competence. Two weeks ago, we taught unconscious incompetence. That's the first stage. That's when you don't know that you don't know. Then there's the conscious incompetence, where you know better, but you still don't have the mastery of the skills. And, you know, it's. And then once you get to the conscious competence, you're very conscious and you develop some skills, but it's not completely there yet. Once it becomes unconscious competence, now it's more of a subconscious habit. It's more of your way of being. It's the way you think. It's your perspective. It's your occurrence. It's your paradigm. It's your context. So what we're all trying to do is get from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. That's the journey. Now, that journey could be the 21-day challenge, or that 21-day challenge can turn into a several-year process. The point is, let's just make sure that we are on the journey. Let's continue to work. Now, on chapter five, the title is Silence and the Language of Complaint. Silence and the Language of Complaint. And he has a quote from an unknown author which states, anyone who uses the phrase Easiest taking candy from a baby has never tried taking candy from a baby. Now you might physically take the candy from the baby, but believe me when I tell you that baby's going to clown. And when we start taking complaining, criticism, criticism and gossip away from a person who's used to doing it, no complaints, no gossiping, no criticism away from a person who's used to doing that all the time, trust me, it can be very uncomfortable. So when you're working through this process, realize that growth sometimes stretches you to the point of being uncomfortable. And this is a growth growth stage. And this is a growth journey. And when you're trying to change a habit, Regardless of the habit, realize that many times habits are have a way of being addictive. He talks about that in the book. That we're so used to doing things, it becomes almost an addiction. We have to do it. We have to behave a certain kind of way. We have to talk a certain kind of way. We have to use certain type of body language. We don't even realize it. It's just there. All right. So he says in the book, the conscious competence stage is one of hypersensitivity not just sensitivity hypersensitivity he goes on to say you begin to be aware of everything you are saying you're moving your bracelet far less frequently because you are careful when you speak you are now talking in positive terms because you are beginning to catch the words before they come out of your mouth your purple or whatever color bracelet has gone from being a tool for realizing when you complain to being a filter through which your words pass, your words pass through before you speak them. So as you get to the stage of working with the complaint-free world concept, now you look at that bracelet and say, okay, I switched this bracelet five, six times in one day, ten times in one day. Then you get to the point to where you're switching the bracelet you know, maybe three times in one day. And then you get to the point where, you know, you have you know, you'll go a day or two or three, then you're then next thing you switch. And then you get a decent run. Seven, eight, nine, ten days. And then you slip up. And that's when it starts to kick in. I can do this, but I have to be really careful. About what's coming out of my mouth, you become hypersensitive. Is that a complaint? You know, is am I being petty? Uh, you know, I said in my sermon um, two weeks ago at Christ Universal Temple, is the Christ showing in your Christianity, which you can look up on YouTube, by the way, or go to www.cutemple.org, it should be there as well. Also, did one this past Sunday titled My Peace. So, if you want to take a look and find that as well, you know, do so. Anyway, I, um, as I was talking about how to allow your Christianity, Christ to show your Christianity, I said you can't be petty and Christ like at the same time. And I had people coming to me and asking me about stuff like, is this considered, you know, being petty? Is this considered being petty? And I love that because they received the message in such a way that it allowed them to become hypersensitive to their words and actions. Because when I was basically saying. You can't be petty and Christ-like at the same time. I wasn't just talking about what we say. I was talking about what we say and do. But get the point. You can't be petty and Christ-like at the same time. You just can't be. So once you become hypersensitive to the fact that you can't be petty and Christ-like at the same time, then you really start to grow. You really start to grow. Moving on. Then he says in the book, again, I'm using the original hardcover book. Um, So I'm on page 89. He said, talking about using the word spirit. He said, in the conscious competence stage, one of the best things a person can do is to simply draw a deep breath rather than speaking out of hand. Complaining is a habit and taking a moment just to breathe gives you a chance to select your words more carefully as a reminder to take a breath rather than complain. We left the word spirit. So when a person wanted to complain or when you want to complain, he just says, just take a deep breath, say "Ah, spirit, Ah, spirit. Now, why? You're retraining the brain because if your mouth just has to say something, the words just have to jump out of your mouth. Let them be spirit, <sighs> spirit. You know, you know. Um, I can't speak for other communities, but I know many times in the black community in Chicago, I was, you know, growing up in my family and friends. Some of the elders, when they would get frustrated, they would just say, "Jesus." instead of saying what they want to say Jesus And sometimes when they were really frustrated Jesus 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 and they were and you could tell it was on their face but they wouldn't say it Jesus mm, Jesus and it was a way to catch themselves so people have been practicing this for a long time in their own way Jesus. Jesus, you know, okay God okay God, you know what different terms they would use instead of um, voicing the complaint, the criticism or the gossip, just Jesus so you use what's comfortable for you you know spirit, Jesus or whatever the term that you like divine mind love peace you know, I'm one of the big believers in saying to yourself, peace be still. So when you're f- frustrated, uh, upset, anxious, fearful, deep breath, peace be still. I, as a matter of fact, I did a treatment, on uh, a peace be still treatment last Sunday at Christ Universal Temple at the end of my sermon. And we just walk through the process of speaking peace, be still to our bodies, peace, be still to our circumstances, peace, be still to our families, peace, be still to the local government, city government, peace, be still to the White House, peace, be still. We have to be mindful of that. Peace. Be. Still. And you're saying it to yourself over and over again because you're consciously you're, you're at the conscious incompetence stage, and you and it takes some considerable effort to maintain what you've attained. See, at this stage, you've attained the thing, but it's not solidified. It takes a lot of work to maintain it. Once you get it at the un, at the unconscious competence stage, it takes less effort, less effort to maintain. You still got to use effort. Trust me. It's easy to revert back. It's sort of like braces. You get braces in your teeth. Anybody that knows this, had to go through that process knows that you still have the retainer after the braces go out because the teeth will try to naturally go back, start to separate if you don't do any maintenance. So you can spend years with braces on, and if you don't do the the care that you need to do, the teeth will just automatically start to spread back out. They'll automatically start to twist and get crooked again. They will go back to the way they've been conditioned. And in this case, you know, your body is basically predetermined to, to uh, express in the form of teeth. So it takes work to keep the teeth together. It takes work to keep them straight. And it takes work to not complain To not criticize and to not gossip. It takes work. Now, he goes on to say, silence affords us the opportunity to speak from our higher self rather than our human self. That is a great point. So when you want to snap off and then, but you are still silent, it gives you an opportunity to get yourself together. You're not saying the words. Now, here's the thing about words that's kind of funny. If you watch your words enough, you will start to watch your body language. Now, the 21-day challenge is just about words. But as we evolve, we have to make sure that in certain situations or circumstances, we learn how to develop what people call a poker face, the ability to not allow folks to see your disturbance. Because some people wear what they are thinking all over their face or their body language doesn't allow them to be in a space in a calm manner. So they give themselves away. Without ever opening their mouths. Now, again, that's not a part of the complaint free world 21 day challenge. But I just want to add that extra tidbit because if we're not aware of that, we can play ourselves. All right. Okay. Now, he goes on to say silence is a bridge to the infinite. And yet it is something with which many are uncomfortable. A lot of folk a lot of folks don't like being silent. And they don't like silence. We get into the car, turn the radio on. We walk on the TV, or excuse me, walk home. We turn the TV on. We have our phones. We have our tablets. We have, we we seek out conversation. We like noise because, you know, many times some people can't even go to sleep without a TV on. The idea of just peaceful and relaxing silence is just too much. Being alone with their thoughts is just too much. It's one of the reasons why some folks don't like meditation. Because they have to be silent. Let me relax my body and just. Allow my mind to turn inward, turn inward and start to reflect and contemplate on concepts, on ideas and allow the idea and the concept to take us to a place that we aren't normally used to being in. As far as the state of mind is concerned, and that's scary for some folks. They don't want to do that. He goes on to say on page 90, if you're a person who likes to pray. The conscious competence stage is a good time to deepen your prayer life. So this gives you an opportunity to start working with your prayer. He even says, "Ask for guidance that the words coming from your mouth will be constructive rather than destructive." That is good. I'm going to read that again. "Ask for the guidance, excuse me, ask for guidance that the words coming from your mouth will be constructive rather than destructive." And if no words come, remain silent. That speaks for itself. So pray. This is why um, the psalmist wrote, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Think about it. Let the you know words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Be acceptable in your sight. Is it in alignment with truth? Is it in alignment with love and wisdom? Let it be acceptable in your sight, God. You know, there are other scriptures that talk about the words that we speak. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Set a watch, O Lord, over my mouth. Now why would a person pray that set a watch O oh Lord over my mouth but that person knew how destructive words can be. It goes on to say on the bottom of page 90 in my book silence allows you to reflect and to carefully select your words. It enables you to speak of things you wish to put your creative energy toward rather than allowing your discomfort to cause you to spout off a laundry list of grievances. It allows you to get yourself together. So when you take a moment to pause, reflect, and respond, most likely your response will have more substance and be more reflective of principle-centered thinking than an emotional-based response. We have to be mindful of that. So we're getting close to our first break. Let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, you can go to the uh, giving button at unity.fm which is the website for unity online radio Uh, click the donate button and help support this online ministry we will be right back with truth transforms
0: unity online radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics giving to the network is now easier than ever available you pray the free prayer app from silent unity for more than a century people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to silent unity with you pray our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access with you pray you can send your prayer directly to silent unity you pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends plus audio meditations for your prayer time for more about the free you pray app and links to download Visit SilentUnity.org slash app. That's SilentUnity.org slash app.
1: The Voice of an Awakening World. Letting go
2: in the stillness. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
3: All right. Welcome back to True Transform. So, again, I'm in the midst of the book, A Complaint-Free World, uh, and I want to make sure that if you have questions or comments, you can call in to 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Give me a call. Let me know what's going on, how you're working with the material, or if you have a testimony. I would love to hear from somebody who has actually completed the 21-day challenge. Uh, and if I'll be teaching this show this book one more time because we're going to the Christmas break after next week for a couple of weeks and uh I would love to hear from someone before I um finish teaching this book which again I'm, I'm wrapping it up next week who has actually completed the 21-day challenge. So if you have, call in. If you know somebody who has, ask them to call in. I would love to hear from them. All right, back to the book. Bottom of page 91. I mentioned before that the words you use when complaining will often be the same as those you use when you are not. It is your intent, intention, your energy behind them. That will dictate whether or not you are complaining, whether you are complaining. Because, again, you can tell somebody I love you and mean it, and you can also tell somebody I love you with the intention to manipulate. So always realize that you have intention behind words and from a standpoint of divine law, universal law. Universal law is also working with intent because that's what's going on in your consciousness. That life is consciousness, meaning that how you think, how you feel, what you believe, that is how we are communicating with the divine law of God to bring about the experiences that are consistent with those seed thoughts. So I don't want to think. Any kind of thing. I don't want to have any kind of intention. I don't want to believe any kind of thing because I have to have the fruit of those thoughts, of those intentions, and those beliefs. And so do you. All right. So he goes on to tell some wonderful stories that I'm not going to read, but that's why you have the book or you'll get the book so you can read them because he gives great examples of how you work it. But again, I have two chapters to teach and I need to move. So on page 98 he wrote you have a right to get what you deserve to achieve this don't talk about or focus on the problem focus beyond the problem now now here's the thing because I think this is where new thought folks get tripped up he didn't say don't acknowledge that there is a problem he said don't focus on the problem focus beyond the problem you know at times uh You know, there's a difference between denial as from a spiritual principle. I'm saying no to this metaphysically. I recognize that this is an appearance and I'm doing my spiritual work and I'm saying no to it. Um, I refer to that as rebuking last Sunday uh, in my lesson, my peace at Christ Universal Temple. Then there's denial where people try to pretend that something isn't happening. They're not doing any work. They don't even want to recognize that it is a fact, quote unquote, and therefore they do nothing to address it. No spiritual work, no um, human effort to try to change a thing. I'm just going to pretend that it's not there, hope that it goes away. And then the people, you, me, us, deal with the consequences of pretending that something isn't showing rearing itself into our experience so if something is showing up in your body for instance an illness alright now spiritually speaking there's nothing to be healed there's only God to be revealed etc etc I get it but it's a fact that's coming up and expressing your body it's an experience in the three dimensional realm of living your spirit soul body This is showing up in your body now there's a difference between denying it again as a rebuke, as saying no to it, as aligning your mind back to the truth of who you are spiritually. So when you grasp it at the soul level, it can express through the body level. That's called treatment in metaphysics. Giving yourself spiritual mind treatment is sometimes the long term. Some people use that use the word prayer, and sometimes I like to use the word spiritual mind treatment because it's a, it's a specific kind of prayer. That's used in new thought. Some people use the term affirmative prayer. Then there's the type of denial that just says, okay, this illness is in my body and I have this pain and I'm going to pretend that it's not there. I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to acknowledge it. And then when people start to see, hey, what's going on with you? Or, hey, what's going on? Nothing's going on with me. I'm good if they do go to the doctor they don't follow the directions that the doctor says doesn't won't take the medicine won't do the rehab won't do the whatever and then the illness gets worse and in some instances checks people out of here from this plane of existence now focusing beyond the problem looks like I'm going to take proactive Steps to work on this I'm going to do my spiritual work I'm going to go to the doctor I'll I'll take the medicine I'll do the rehabilitation I'll have the procedure If that's what's needed Depending on where I am in my soul consciousness But To do nothing Is ridiculous So he's not saying again He said focus beyond the problem He said to achieve this Don't talk about or focus on the problem So when it talks talking about don't talk about, that means that there's no reason to have unnecessary conversations with people about what's going on. I tell people when I go to the hospitals to visit them, if you have folks who need to know what's going on, they always need to know. Particular, like if you're married, your spouse needs to know. Or whoever's responsible, you have children and things of that nature, people who are – or who Who deserve to know the facts, even though we face facts with truth, there are people in your life who deserve to know the facts of what's going on you know you know if you don't have um you know you lost your job and you don't have to rent money, the people living in that house need to uh, or that apartment need to understand the facts, but everybody else not so much so I tell people when I visit hospitals to tell folks. When they ask them what's going on or what did the doctor say or or whatever to say, I'm working on my healing. What's going on? I'm working on my healing. What did the doctor say? You know, it's a lot of stuff, but I'm just working on my healing because some folks want to know just because they want to know. And some people, but the more you talk about what the doctor said and the problems and the story and the pain and the whatever, you're reinforcing that in your subconscious so again, the people who need to know should know it, you should talk to your doctor about what's going on in your body. The doctor needs to know how can he give a proper treatment without knowing what's going on If you are in a in a legal situation, your lawyer needs to know, but does everybody need to know i'm just I'm just throwing it out there because this is how we get caught up in the in allowing those error thoughts beliefs and experiences to get deeply rooted in our minds because we're rehearsing the problem instead of trying to get beyond the problem. And we need to know the difference. So someone wrote to him, but every great thing in our country began with people complaining. Think about Thomas Jefferson and Martin Luther King. He responded. I realize that in one respect, I agree with this woman who sent the email. The first step toward progress is dissatisfaction. But if we stay in dissatisfaction, we never move toward brighter vistas. And those who complain, as a matter of course, chart their destination as being the same unhappy port from which they sailed. Our focus must be on what we want to occur rather than what we do not. Complaining is focusing on what we don't want to occur. So that's why you put your mind on what it is that you desire. So, yeah, this is an appearance, but okay. Now, what am I seeking to experience? So instead of fighting against something, you're working towards something. It's a big difference from fighting against to working towards. Energetically. Complaining is focusing on what we don't want to occur. I can remember, you know, uh, when I first came to Christ Universal Temple and I would hear Reverend Coleman say, call it good. Name it good. And he was like, how how can you name, call this quote unquote horrible experience good? But she was trying to help us shift our thinking, not deny, put your head in the sand, acknowledge, okay, this is what's happening. You call it good, but she would also tell people, you know. If you're working through something, as she would sometimes literally say, you know, work through it for a few days. And if you can't get to where you need to be, go to the doctor and allow the intelligence of God to show up as the, through the doctor and the medicine or whatever it is you need. And when you get to a certain consciousness where you won't need it, you will know, spirit will lead you and let you know. And I thought that that was very practical. You work on yourself. Make sure you get your consciousness right. Now, this is now, now the genius of that is even if you don't make the demonstration that you want, and you end up going to the doctor because you've done your spiritual work first, you are walking into the doctor's office with with less fear, with less anxiety, with less frustration because you've now at least recalibrated yourself enough to to when you go into the doctor's office, whatever is stated. On the CAT scan and the blood test or the whatever that you take won't rock you and knock you off of your, or uh, uh, um, you know, knock you on your behind, for lack of terms. Like, literally, you can walk into the doctor's office and walk out terrified. That's why people don't do it. But if you do your spiritual work first, mm-hmm. you can walk into a situation or circumstance and realize, okay, just this tells me while I'm doing this human work, the medicine, the procedures, the surgeries, the whatever. I also have to get on my spiritual homework. And I got to get my mind right around this. All right. So he goes on to say, right, uh, where the great leaders of the United States also great complainers. I have to say no. These important men and women allow dissatisfaction to drive them to great visions and their passion for their For these visions inspired others to follow them. And he calls Robert Kennedy. There are those that look at things the way they are and ask, why? I dream of things that never were. And ask, why not? Why not? It depends on what you focus on. He said, I'm dreaming of things that never were. Are you dreaming of things that you've never experienced? And with the belief that that's possible for you, that's it's possible. Just that's just that term. It's possible. Oh, that can never happen. That's a complaint, that's a resignation, justifying staying at a certain stage. If something is be you think right now is beyond your ability to demonstrate. Just start saying to yourself, and sometimes verbalizing it, it's possible. I'll never save up the money to do that. It's possible. Instead of saying that I never, uh, I can, I won't. It's possible. It's possible. That's all. Because sometimes you can't say in integrity, I know I can. But you can say, it's possible. Um, Our brother uh, in spirit, Les Brown, the motivational speaker who got his start at Christ's Universal Temple got famous. He had a TV special on PBS where he was driving home. It's possible. Sometimes the only thing you can say is, it's possible. It's possible. Well, my health has been going so far, whatever, I'll never be. It's possible. You just got to change the language. It's possible. And focus on that. He talked about how Martin Luther King sold a dream. We have a dream. So he says on page 105, some words that we should try instead of complaining. So instead of saying problem, he said try opportunity. Instead of saying have to, try the words get to. Instead of the word setback, use the word challenge. Instead of the word enemy, use the word friend. Instead of the word tormentor, use the word teacher. Instead of the word pain, use the word signal. Instead of the words I demand, use the word I would appreciate. Instead of the word complaint, use the term request. Instead of the word struggle, use the word journey. Instead of the the words you did this, try on the words I created this. These words will give us an opportunity to to create a different way to encounter life. He says, give it a try. Give it a try. So we're about a minute out from our uh, second and last break. So let me remind you also that this show has a Facebook page Truth transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you're on Facebook, go on like the page. Give it a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, to let people know uh, about the show. Also, uh, the show is available on iTunes and Stitcher, which is an Android app um, for online radio shows, podcasts, etc. Go on iTunes, go on Stitcher. Give it a five-star rating. The more ratings that the five-star ratings get, the more you know, the algorithms do something that lets more people know about the show. So, if you're getting something from the show, let other people get the benefit of learning what you're learning to get the benefit of what you're benefiting from. And if you see stuff on the show, post it. If, uh, go on unity.fm, sh- share the shows, put them on your social media, and let people get the benefit of learning uh, about this good truth. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
1: I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org.
0: Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms
3: all right welcome back to truth transforms i'm on now chapter six critics and supporters and he starts off the chapter by stating criticism is complaining with a sharp edge. It is typically directed at someone with the intent of belittling that person. Some think criticism is an effective way of changing another's behavior. However, it actually tends to have the opposite effect. So when we criticize, it's complaining with a sharp edge. It's with the intent to make sure something is understood very well. and you know, not for reflective thinking, but at times being heavy-handed in the approach. All right. So, page one hundred nine. He wrote, "No one likes to be criticized, and rather than than diminish what we criticize, our criticism often only serves to expand it. To criticize means to find fault with someone or something, and when we criticize someone, they feel a need to justify their behavior." Justification arises when a person feels an injustice has occurred to them. The criticism is an injustice and they strike back with whatever means they have. Now, we see this show up even in the political arenas when even when a person is caught dead to rights with facts, if they feel as though they're being criticized, they attack back. You know, don't care about facts. Don't care about what can be proven. Just will attack no matter what. But because they feel as though the quote unquote criticism or the quote unquote attack is unjustified. So when people feel as though they're being criticized, they get defensive very quickly. Um, sometimes people are, but let me just say this because I think this just needs to be said. Some people take honest, good, and feedback that's given in integrity as criticism. Because they're not used to receiving anything other than people saying nice stuff, quote unquote, nice stuff to them. Now, there are going to be times in life where you have to be honest. Now, notice I didn't say brutally honest. I believe in life should always be honest. Let me just say that. I'm a big believer in honesty. That doesn't mean that you always open your mouth and say everything you believe, because that's being honest. Uh, But you should be a person that's telling the truth. And when the situation and circumstances come up where you need to be silent, just be silent, rather than spread a false something that's false or uh, aka a lie. But there are times when you when you're just telling the truth without emotional intent to harm or whatever that if a person is hyper sensitive in the wrong way, they can't take it. There are folks who don't know how to deal with and I'm using this term uh, out of the con- outside the context of this book, because this book doesn't, you know, is trying to drill home a particular type of idea, and I believe in this book wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. Um, but there, is, but there are people who don't take what the, sometimes the world calls constructive criticism. What does that mean? When you're doing something that is out of alignment with the better good, and somebody calls you on it. That's not necessarily criticism. Again, remember in the book he says criticism uh, and, or, or complaining, quote unquote, and not complaining could many times be the same words with different intent. So, for instance, you're at a job or you're on a sports team and the manager or the coach, um, you know, questions the effort. Like, hey, you're not giving you all, or you're not running the play right, or you're not following directions right, the coach or the manager, depending on the scenario. Uh, Now, here's the thing. If you have to, if following the directions properly and doing the things that need to be done properly is a part of the job or part of being on the team, or part of running the play, when you don't do it, not only does it affect you, it affects the overall good of the organization, or the team, or the family, for instance. Therefore, being called on that is not necessarily somebody throwing shade on you. It's somebody uh, properly evaluating the situation and trying to have some conversations about how to make it better. And I think at times we need to be mindful of the difference. There's some folks you just can't tell anything to because they only want to hear what their ego can handle. And that's not living. In a way that'll get you the results that you desire. Sometimes you have to be said, you know what? These are the facts. And, you know, you're supposed to be doing this and you're not doing that. You're supposed to have been here at this time and you weren't. You're supposed to be able to have this project finished at this time. Or, and it's not. Those are facts. So, in life, there's going to be responsibility. And with responsibility, there's going to be accountability. And when you don't produce the results... That means you don't produce the results. And that means you only have a few options when you don't produce the results. One, you get better. That's preferable. You get better. Two, you ask for help so you can have better understanding so you can get better. Some people know what to do and they're not doing it and they can get better. If you're late all the time, that's easy. That's You can rectify that easily. Get to work early. Get to school early. Get to the event early. Get on the conference call early. That's easy. Some people don't know what the breakdown is. So that means they need to ask for help so they can have the comprehension to do their job, to handle their responsibility, to do whatever they need to do. So when they, so when the accountability piece comes in, they have comprehension of what is required of them so they can handle it. Three, third option, not preferable. You get replaced. Because everything in life on the three-dimensional realm of living on the earth is replaceable. I tell folks this. All the time when it comes to jobs, I'm not talking about people can replace your mom or people can replace your child or people things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about. The job. I'm talking about the business. I'm talking about the idea. I'm even talking about the church replaceable, because if the president of the United States can be switched over every four years, arguably the most powerful position. On the planet Earth, the one superpower, that anything can, anybody can be replaced. People say, you know, uh, we can never go forward without this leader, without this teacher, without this spiritual guru, minister or whatever. Nonsense. Everybody's replaceable. Everybody. I don't care, how, you know, the, the, you know if, if you're not handling your business properly in a marriage, you are replaceable. You're not handling your business at your job. You are replaceable. If you're not handling your business where you volunteer, you can be on somebody's board. You can be doing whatever. You're not doing what you need to do. You are replaceable, not because of your spiritual nature, but because of the fact that everything on the at this finite level of existence is in the midst of change, and when you step out the realm of being results oriented what are you producing, what are you demonstrating then you're just playing with this truth you know, the acid test of new thought, truth, teachings regardless of how you call your truth, whether you call your truth Baptist or Islam or Buddhism or Taoism Hinduism, Judaism is what can you demonstrate What are you producing? When people say, okay, let's take a look at your work. What is it producing? What are the results? That's a part of this complaint-free world because when you shift, when you shift, it matters. All right. And he says something about um, a couple of of things that I want to cover before I uh, wrap up today. One of them is on page 110. He said, the number one need we all have is to be recognized, to be valued, to feel we matter. Even if we are introverted by nature, we still want attention from others, especially those we consider important to us. So people are driven by the need to be recognized, valued, and to feel as though they matter. Therefore, they want attention. And he said, he wrote, we all want attention and we will get it however we can. And we said, well, we don't want attention. I just want to be left alone. All right. So you don't want attention. You just want to be left alone. But wanting to be left alone is a certain form of attention because you want to be known as the person that doesn't want to be that doesn't want to be bothered. And that's how you want to be viewed by others. So. He goes on to say, attention drives behaviors, behavior. So whatever behavior we have, ask yourself how much of it is being driven by the attention of the people you want in your life. Or what you think should be the right way to do a thing instead of coming from a spiritual center and basing it on spiritual principle. Then he goes on to say, we are far more powerful in the creation of our lives. we realize our thoughts about people determine how they will show up for us and how we relate to them Mm, that's powerful Uh, last few points he wrote on page 113 listen carefully to your words during the conscious competence stage and check yourself for criticism Know that you are perpetuating what you criticize. Ooh! As you, so the more you talk about it, you're keeping it going because you're not thinking beyond the problem. You got to get beyond the problem. Not focus on the problem. Acknowledge it, but then go right to what you want to see expressed. Because the because only thing that acknowledging the appearance does is let you know what you're dealing with. So now you know what you're dealing with. Now you need to know what level of effort is needed to get you where you need to go. If I want to get to, from Chicago, where I currently am, to St. Louis, to where I have some relatives in the suburban areas of that town, I know that from Chicago, if I get on the I-55, I can get to St. Louis at a decent, reasonable speed in five hours. I know that because I know where my what my starting point is, well it's the same thing with your demonstration, depending on how far you have to go, that determines how much work and effort you need to do to get there you it It allows you to measure it. So if if I know that I'm dealing with a, a situation or circumstance with health, I might need to triple up and quadruple up on my prayer work and quadruple up on my exercise and quadruple up on asking people to pray with me and quadruple up on calling the prayer ministry or CUT or Unity or whoever else, quadruple up on my studying, quadruple up on my taking classes, quadruple up on going to services, or I might not be in a situation where it's, I need that much effort. I might just need to be in one class and read one book a month and just do my own regular prayers. But where, what I'm dealing with will determine the level of effort, energy, and time I put into a thing. So with that, we're going to wrap up. Next week, we'll cover the last stage and the last two chapters of the book. And So we'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you.
1: Blissful stillness, come to me. Blissful stillness,
0: come. Tens of thousands of listeners, like you, have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Colette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of our beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Savada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at shop.unityonline.org.
1: Blissful stillness
2: In the midst of a hurricane, there is a center of stillness that remains intact despite the violent winds raging around it. This fact of Mother Nature points to a similar truth in human nature. Even as I encounter the inevitable storms of life, there remains within me a place of peace. Although I can't always control what happens around me, I can choose to stay centered in an awareness of who I am and how I respond. According to Gardner Hunting, peace is an atmosphere of the heart and has nothing to do with environment or circumstance. So when I'm caught up in a whirlwind of chaos and conflict, I turn within for better weather, Peace is always there. Peace can begin with me.
1: To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
2: Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways?